Greetings, Sapiens. This is Chance Gilliam, welcoming you to the Chance by Chance podcast. Okay, a brief update before diving into the bulk of the episode. I've been living nomadically for two full months now. The transition was a long time coming, at least two years in the making, requiring a considerable amount of trial and error. The effort has paid off, and I'm growing stronger in this lifestyle, enjoying it more each and every day. I have opted to go without a place of my own for an indefinite period of time, avoiding leases and mortgages in favor of unbridled exploration. Put simply, I have a rotating array of shelters instead of a house or apartment. These include staying with friends and relatives, usually trading labor for residency, campsites, the seats of my car if need be, Airbnb rentals, and hotels. Everything I own fits compactly into the trunk of my Honda Accord, and the most essential of those belongings sling easily over my shoulders. For the past several months, I've been officially debt-free and intend to keep it that way permanently. I quit my hourly restaurant job two months ago and earn money as opportunities arise. To give two quick examples of that, a friend of my dad's invited me out to Beaver Dam, Wisconsin on a construction job. You might have seen some images if you follow me on Instagram. His cousin uh, we were working for gave me a room to stay in during the project, and I made $15 an hour for 10-hour days over the course of one week. Uh, second example, last year I volunteered at the Bulletproof Conference, a health and wellness expo in Pasadena, California. I applied again this year as a volunteer. The event planner remembered me from last year's conference and offered a paid position at $20 an hour plus lodging for the fifth annual conference in October, which I'm super excited about. I'll be heading out at the start of that month. I'm living comfortably, for sure, and also living lean, continuing to push my level of comfort, seeking out learning opportunities wherever I can, and cherishing this newfound resource of time. I suddenly have time to strengthen existing relationships and also to build new ones. That brings us to the interview I'm sharing today. Murad, who goes only by Murad, is a young artist based in the Twin Cities. We kept bumping into each other at events this past summer, like the Orca Tribe launch party and Ballad 11's debut Unplugged show. Podcasting is a great premise to engage in conversation, and so Murad agreed to come on the show and explore some great topics. We talk about the role of art in his life, living in Russia, moving to America, meditation, the future, and social media, among many other things. You can check out links that we share in the show. Uh, <laughs> you can check out links that we share in the show notes to this episode. For now, please enjoy my conversation with the talented, hardworking, endlessly fascinating Murad. Murad, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yes, thank you. We are in Adams Hill Park. It's my first time here. A lovely sunny day. Hopefully we'll have some nice soundscape for those listening. We got some kids playing in the park, wind blowing through the trees, all that good stuff. And you are breaking out the sketchbook. Yes. So right now, do you have any idea what you're going to draw? Or do, um, you, do you just let it flow when you when you bust out the, the pencils? <laughs> I never have an idea. You know, it just kind of happens. Um, I just like, yeah, I don't. One thing that I've noticed from your Instagram posts is that all the, uh, the pictures you share have a pretty unique 
captions and lots of times their concepts like uh, freedom or desperation or these different things where do those come from you ascribe those afterward then oh that's funny that's funny you mentioned that I don't talk about that a lot but um I it's it's really um, it really depends like on the moment I never think about it before I, and I'll never like um, I'll never I'll never pre-think them or anything it just kind of happens um, whatever whenever whatever I feel like in the moment of like me drawing that piece or me making that piece kind of close out into um, one description that I like to put in different words. Makes sense. And I also read something you posted that drawing is your therapy. Yeah. Explain that to me. Yeah, I mean, um, I feel like we use a lot of things to like cope with a lot of things, you know? Um, for a lot of people, it's like sports or um, entertainment. Some people use like social media to like get away and escape from reality. Um, I use I use art in a sense like I kind of I kind of explore my emotions or thoughts or things I'm going through and kind of put it on kind of visualize that and put it on paper so in a sense it um, it is my therapist does reading fall into th the same category of escape or is that yeah different? no reading of course reading is like yeah it's essential yeah you uh you showed me this stack of books that you're working through um, <laughs> how, how did you pick out those artists that you're studying for yourself and what, what are you trying to take away from uh from those lessons um i'll well, mainly just like instinctive you know like I'll, I'll i'll look at somebody and i'll feel like um they they, they kind of hit something in me you know and i don't really know what it is but if something kind of piques my interest i i want to study it as much as i can um to the point it doesn't you know um so yeah those books are just like random Random people that inspire me, uh, by any means, not all of them, not a lot, but just a small amount of people that kind of, I, I look and study, yeah. And those things probably change, but who is inspiring you right now? Um, what are you taking from them? A lot of people, honestly, right now, it's such a hard question. Um, well, let me think, a lot of my friends inspire me, you know, just like, the way the, the energy that they bring uh, forth to my to my world. Hold and on, you have a huge ant on your neck. Really? Oh yeah. my god. Where's that? All right, you're good. Cool. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure we're like sitting on a um, nest. On an ant hill? Yeah, definitely. Because I definitely see some ants crawling on my page. But we'll play by ear if we yeah, have to move. It's all right. We'll be taking a quick break and getting right back to it. <laughs> but um, what was I saying? Oh. What's his name? Papa. Papa inspires me a lot. Um, Papa Young Vision on Instagram. Shout out. I love. I love him um, because he's just such an amazing, positive person. You know, that's that's a very, um, very positive uh, person in my life. I guess that inspired me to look into um, different kind of ways. Um, Artist-wise, shit. It's it's so hard. It's so hard to say. I mean, one big concept that I say to my artists like people is like nothing nothing is new in a sense right like we all rehash old ideas we all get inspired by something and take something steal something and interpret it in our own way and um people who are the best at it can you know mask that copying the best sense um so it's it's hard i mean i think i take everything from everybody and kind of make it my own yeah. do you have any formal training in 
drawing <laughs> in visual art? <laughs> um, I took some classes. I mean, I took some like like basic drawing classes in elementary and shit, but it was no really like intense kind of whatever um, in my early years. And then once I got a little more serious with art, I started taking just like drawing one, painting one classes in high school, which were definitely like didn't really amount to anything. It just kind of opened my eyes to different mediums like like charcoal or water, watercolor. Um, but I just I just learned how to draw by just drawing. Yeah, and and you said that uh, your you your eyes were opened when you started taking it more seriously. What was that moment? Um, um, any any particular moment or a progression of things? Probably when, when I cut off. Came on. Hmm? When the light bulb came the on. The light bulb. Um, I think I think when I cut off my friends, my old friends, in a sense, uh, that was like a good moment in my life. I think that opened my eyes to new things and got new friends um, that were more in tune with my personality or just better people in general hmm. um, and that kind of honed my interest in a lot of things that uh, I thought um, were like lame or whatever wouldn't be wouldn't amount to anything like art so I think yeah it's like middle of high school maybe junior year yeah yeah, high school is a time of discovery for a reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we've all been there. Yeah. Um, you came to the U.S. five years ago, which I had no idea of. I, I mean, we've talked a few times. Uh, this is the most extensive already conversation that we've had. <laughs> um, but tell me about your upbringing and what brought you to Minnesota. Um, and I think I've been here six. I think I, I moved in 20, 2011. But yeah, so my upbringing was kind of kind of weird, I guess. I I was born in Saint Petersburg, Russia, and then I moved with my mom to Uzbekistan to a small village. Actually, it's I don't even know what the count was, but it's it's extremely small village. Oh, here, hello, friend. Not an aunt. All right. Um, but yeah, and yeah, I think we should move. There's an ant like trying to crawl in my. All right, folks, we'll be right back on account of the ants. Okay, we're regrouping away from the ants. Yeah. We're on a picnic bench now. Uh, take it away, Murad. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, I was I was born in Russia in St. Petersburg. Um, and me and my mom left for Uzbekistan. And, um, and we lived in, in a small village with my extended family. Like my aunts and my, my grandparents and that was about like three years of my life just being exposed to that small village and I don't have like a lot of memories from that but uh, all the memories that I have are very free and very happy hmm. but I moved I moved out when I was like two or three to Russia and I lived there till about 11 years old 11 or 10 yeah so that was that was essentially my upbringing and I lived in, and again, I went back to St. Petersburg in a big city. So, yeah. And then Minnesota, that's a big jump. Yeah, and then Minnesota. What happened like a, there? What happened? What did yeah. you mean? I mean, what, what, uh, what caused the move? What brought it all about? The move? Yeah. Um, just racism. Honestly, straight up, no lie, no bullshit, racism. <laughs> Shit is bad out there, hmm. especially as a POC. It's, um, I was like the only, I was the darkest kid in my... In my, um, in my hospital, in my elementary school, and um, in just school in general, 
and racism is systematic but it's also very harsh like old school racism you know like people will beat the fuck out of you in an alley if you're just walking down um i got a lot of stares in the subway with my mom walking you know anywhere uh i remember like seeing these like these um these i mean skinheads i would as bluntly as it is just um walking down with like a with a hammer and it was like in the woods and it was just me and my mom and I remember being terrified and I remember my mom just gripping me to her side and walking as fast as she can. Um, just like things like that, you know, kind of made us come here. Even though here, things here aren't the best either, but it's far less worse and there's actually, I feel like there's more potential and potential is much more faster growing uh, for people like me to have more opportunity to strive and just uh, be as safe as I can. So yeah, that's essentially it. I don't know a lot about the history of racism in Russia as compared to the United States, but yeah. uh, can you give me even the briefest overview of what that stems from and uh, what's continued to proliferate it to till today? Dude, I have, I have no idea. I wish I knew. Um, just I mean, maybe a history of just government who doesn't give a fuck. But back, I mean, I'm... You know, the Soviet Union was uh, full of people from different countries, you know, and it was more like a unity side. It wasn't just like a like a left and right or whatever it is, I think, you know, and that's just my peers' opinion because I don't have as much knowledge as I want to, you know, about that topic either. But um, it's hard because even in Soviet Union when that whole, like, unity was... Um, so pushed by government and by society, people in Russia still felt superior, white people in Russia especially, still felt superior to the other people in other countries that were part of the um, USSR. So uh, it's just like a long history of that, I guess. And a lot of a lot of people who are POC in Russia are immigrants, especially from my country. Um, and they don't really, most of them work really, um, I think there's like blue collar jobs, you know, like just workers, construction workers, like janitors. And I think there's like a preconceived notion that, you know, uh, people are kind of lower economically or whatever it is, you know, so. Hmm. And you said here there feels like more potential. What do you mean by that? Um, well, here I, I feel like people here are more... Um, Progressive, for sure, right? Well, and especially in the Twin Cities. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and um, and and I feel like it's it's cool to be not racist. You know what I mean? It's like it's cool <laughs> to do that. You know what I mean? It's like people people want it. Nobody wants to be like, oh fuck, like I'm I'm a racist piece of shit. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe some do, but most I feel like don't. The, especially yeah, the my level, you know? <laughs> But um. Yeah, and, and it's just, it's better, it's just more, there's more um, people of POC in power. I mean, kind of, you know. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, it's definitely, it's definitely a little better here. It's definitely a little better here. You're headed to Chicago next year, is that right? I want to. That's well, a dream. What's there? What is in Chicago for you? Um, hopefully more than here. <laughs> that's that's about it. The cities are just too small. Yeah, I went to Chicago like a few a few weeks ago for the first time, and I, I fell in love with the city. I just I loved I loved everything about it. So I want to I want I want to go back. It kind of reminds me of um like the city that I was I'm from in Russia. It's just big and there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot to do. It's sprawling. 
Like, the Twin Cities are both pretty concentrated with a lot of suburbs, but, yeah. I mean, a city like Chicago feels like it just goes on endlessly. Yeah. And you also went out out west recently, didn't you? Yeah, oh my god. Been road trip. fucking started. <laughs> that shit was two days worth of fucking sweaty seats. Wait, two days? You two just days drove there and back? Yeah, oh, for two man. days. We were driving for two fucking days. Oh. Um, 30 hours in total of just pure driving, then we obviously had to like rest stops and food and gas and all that stuff that kind of that put a lot of um time limits yeah that was crazy just the road trip alone fuck la that shit was crazy just <laughs> driving there is i felt i felt like i was never gonna come back you know i felt like i was always in the road that was my destiny my, my whole rest of life um and yeah but we went to la to just hang out with some friends um shout out to philly shout out to forever and yeah, it was it was cool. It was fun. Venice Beach at night is really crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I'm uh, headed back to LA actually in yeah. October. I was there last fall. But uh, so Venice Beach is one. Any other spots I need to check out? You need to um, don't go to Fairfax or Melrose. You're just gonna see a bunch of like Kim Kardashian wannabes and fake kids who try way too hard. <laughs> but um. I don't. I don't even know. I mean, go to the observatory. I guess it's a cool, cool place to just like chill out. But I didn't go to like too too many places as much as I wanted to. I, I wanted to see like the scenery, get get like a hold of like how people are like. But I wish I was there more, like for longer. But yeah. Mm. Any other uh, trips coming up? I know you just started school, which kind of puts a damper on it. But during one of your breaks, where are you headed next? Um. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't thought about that yet. It just kind of comes and goes, you know? Yeah. Like, it'll just be like a week of, like, oh, shit, we should go up somewhere, and then next week we're going to go or something. I feel like that's just the way it's going to go. Yeah. All right, before we started recording, you said you definitely wanted to talk about the future. The future. And I don't know what you mean by that, so you can take it whichever direction you want. But uh, what's the future hold? Future. What are you thinking? Um, first off, let me address this. Future is not real, right? Like, future is only a mirage or a, an idea that we have in our heads. You're talking about the eternal present. Yes, yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. So, like, the only thing that exists is, like, this presence, right? The only thing that's that's in is right now. But I keep, I keep having these, like, thoughts of, um, like, what's going to happen next and... All that shit. We so, all do. We all do. Yeah, and I'm I'm just I'm just a little caught up with that. So I, I need some rehashing I guess. I um just just college stressing me out and just um trying to figure out like what I wanna do, you know, <laughs> in life, whatever, even though I, f- I feel like I got a good grip on what I like, but um I still feel the need to like conform and pick a pick a major and stick with it or something. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, Let's put it this way. I don't know. If you could be anywhere doing anything in five years, best case scenario, you don't have to think about money, you don't have to think about time. Uh, it can be as unrealistic as it needs to be, but yeah. if you could do anything in five years, what what would your life look like? Uh, I was probably... I'm just making my own movie. Hopefully um, shooting it, having meetings with Virgil Abloh. I don't know, just kind of doing my own thing, having a studio somewhere, and and just spending like 
90% of the day in there and then seeing the world out for like a few minutes, a few hours a day. <laughs> so that would be, that'd be my ideal, ideal day. Yeah. Well, you know, the first thing you years. said is film. You're, you're working on a movie right now, aren't you? Yeah. Starting yeah. to? Where are you in that process? Um, well, I... I'm 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 starting to I got all my ideas like kind of like piled up yeah and I'm just organizing them yeah and I'm uh, beginning to write the screenplay and uh, yeah I'm just I'm just kind of hashing out everything I need to kind of picking up like eyeing some people you know what I mean some like some little details out there and there um, and just kind of getting ready to shoot as soon as I get my screenplay done is it a feature short film what are you looking at short film yeah. 30 minutes maybe maybe a little less you want to say anything else about it or no. you plan it close to the chest uh, yeah <laughs> nope no comments that's good at this point though you yeah. gotta let things develop naturally yeah yeah so uh, what uh, what inspiration do you take in film these days we talked about uh, visual artists earlier you named a couple um, mm. who do you like in film um, first off and this is not because I'm Russian right Andrei Tarkovsky, or Andrei Tarkovsky in English, um, <laughs> but he's he's amazing. He is oh my god! I can talk for him about him for hours. First off, if you like film, you have to watch him. Um, Mirror is very good to me personally. I like it a lot. Uh, but what why he stands out is because his movies are like dreams, right? Hmm. They're very unconscious. They're very um, irrational in a sense of time, and it's just it's jam-packed with fucking symbolism it's crazy i mean you'll have to see a movie like two three four five times before you like begin to get it but once you do it's it's just it's extremely complex and extremely intelligent um yeah and and his stuff is like poetry you know his his scenes are deeply emotionally hitting and you don't even need to know the context. I mean, most of the time, you, you essentially don't even know the context of what's going on, but you'll still extremely, you get you get what's going on, you know? Yeah. And not just like, oh, like, oh, I get it. There's a person and she's looking at a, her house that's burning, but you'll feel the pain that she's feeling through just one scene, through one continuous long shot. So that's that's a film I really recommend. The that's mirror. some skill right there to manipulate emotion like that. Yeah. Wow. It's it's crazy. And it's called Mirror. The Mirror, yeah, the mirror? by Andre Andre Tarkovsky. But that, yeah, that's that's one of the one of the people that inspires me a lot. For sure, he's he's like changed my life as soon as I saw some of his films. But um, yeah, it's, the film was great. <laughs> Watch film watch film jumping over to social media we talked about this uh during the break as we were walking from the tree mm. to the picnic table mm. um give me your impression of it social media Ooh, man i'm struggling with it i'm not gonna lie like it's i agree with everything you said earlier i mean it's it's hard because you see this i mean you see our communication going kind of like worse i feel like um, with the rise of social media, people people seem to be less happy, um, and there's this like huge, overwhelming shadow of like self perception and self image hmm. and self esteem that I feel like is being kind of tainted by um, social media. You know, it's and and I feel it too sometimes. You know, I mean, I, I, as an artist especially, I feel like it's social media just eats you away yeah you, you, i mean 
it's hard not to get caught up in followers or likes um and sometimes it's hard to um kind of differentiate between that and your actual value or your personal value or um you know like no matter how good your work is it doesn't matter how many likes or followers you get you know your work is your work and your work is either good or bad um no matter that you know what i mean it's and I, and I feel like and, and I had some friends who are going through the same and I've went through that for a while and I feel like I'm, I'm just getting I'm just starting to get out of it but yeah likes likes and shit this shit does, does not matter um, for your own like self esteem but it does matter to get jobs right like mm. that shit does matter to get you recognized to get you ahead of your career because social media I'm not gonna lie I mean yeah, there's a lot of bad things, but there's also extremely important, extremely um, um, fast, lucrative um, ways you can use social media to your advantage that can empower you and other people around you. So it's like a it's it's a double-ended sword, I think is the you know, or whatever it is like the. It's good and bad. Yeah, 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 and it's so new. We don't even know how to use it properly yeah, and probably. man I can totally test what you're saying um, it, it being especially hard as an artist because like, I mean so much of what I do I do by myself like right. writing yeah. writing especially like mm-hmm. I love writing and I haven't brought myself to even like try posting anything I mean I'm sure I will eventually hopefully soon but i feel so um inept at social media Mm -hmm. like there's this kurt vonnegut quote this great author he says to paraphrase that when he writes he feels like a man with no arms and no legs with a crayon in his mouth Hmm. which i think is really funny but that's that's sort of the way that i feel with social media and it's hard because that's in today's world like the way to get recognition for your work and then I'll try to convince myself that recognition doesn't matter. It's the work, it's the work, it's the work. But yeah. like you said, like, <laughs> jobs come from attention. Like, this movie you're making, like, it could be a great movie. You'll feel great about it. But you probably won't feel as good as you would if a lot of people see it and mm. enjoy it. You know what I mean? Mm. It's, it's hard. And I, I don't know what to do about it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a... Who, who has the question to that, you know? Who has the answer to that? I mean, it's like... Mm. Ah, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm speechless. It's. I wish I wish I wasn't going through that. You know, yeah. I wish I had the answer to the like the eternal question. But. Hmm. Wait, wait. What's the eternal question? How how to get rid of, um, like our connectiveness to social media and our uh, and our our perception that it matters as much as it doesn't. Hmm. Because. You know. Yeah. I mean, I see, I see, like, people who are, I don't, I'm not even going to get started, it's just, it's a bunch of bullshit, that's it. Yeah. Man, it makes me think about um, personal possessions. I'm really riding a wave of minimalism lately, Whew. which I'm loving. I'm loving it, and I've wanted it for a long time, and I'm finally making my way into that world. Um, and personal possessions, for a long time, have been a way for people to like feel as though they won't die you know like if i've got this house 
and like a ton of stuff that's you know that's my legacy and i'll leave it to my family Mm. and like through all of that i'll continue on and i feel like social media is filling that gap in a different way where you like create this identity outside Mm -hmm. of yourself man Mm. i read this great article recently in wired magazine and i can't remember the author's name i i can uh i can link to this article in the show notes but they were talking about how like we all have this impression that the pictures we see on instagram just looking at that example are are a true representation of the world and it's not like it's pixels Mm. you know red Mm. green and blue on a screen and it, it makes this image you see it's not it's not an actual uh it's not it's not the thing itself it's it's a copy of that and we're we're copying ourselves into this digital space because we think if we do that we'll we'll live on through it but it's you know it's just as empty as mansions and cars and and the rest of it Mm. and you know mansions and cars are great Mm -hmm. if i could afford any of that i would definitely uh be making the purchases like and social media is great to participate in for the connectivity that it offers but it's so easy to get caught up in yeah that's that's very interesting it's a very interesting proposition yeah it's like we believe we believe in this fake world and we think what we see um is real but we're really blind you know to to um when we scroll through that through that page but um, it, it really doesn't doesn't make you ha- like. There's a there's like a there's a bunch of studies that show like there's like a certain peak of net worth that kind of stops your happiness. I mean, yeah, I feel like broke as fuck. Obviously, you're gonna be much happier with money, right? Yeah. But there's a certain um, point where that happiness increase, that slope, just kind of like plateaus. Hmm. And maybe and that that chase for more and more, you know, that a lot of people have kind of is um, is like social media as well. It's just it's just a uh, way to fill that void of whatever they think they need like if you get a new car right if you get like a corvette red bright shiny new just like engine revving all the time that's gonna be the shit for like a few weeks right you're gonna be like you're gonna be waking up going to your garage and you're like fuck that's my car you know like that's my baby right here oh my (laughs) god i love it but after like a month maybe like four months a year you're going to be going in your garage and be like, oh, cool, that's my car. Hmm. What's next, right? Yeah. What's next? What's the new car that I can get now? Yeah. <laughs> and this is just a never-ending cycle. Um, and it's a lot of things like that. I mean, shit. I, I think sometimes drugs are like that, you know? Hmm. I, I, I think I think a lot of things that we're kind of blind to are kind of ourselves manipulating into, like, wanting more. Conor, Conor McGregor, shout out to him, he got his ass whooped, but um, <laughs> he, he has this like this idea, this, um, he, he, I, I've heard him like talking and this um, this person on uh, on like some platform, I don't remember watching this on, but um, he kind of, he kind of compared his mentality to, uh, to another philosopher and he, essentially what that philosopher said was want what you have right now, right? Hmm. Like be be like crazy about what you already have um like nothing nothing is good or bad everything is just gray everything is like neutral and you decide on what's good and bad you decide on, on based on how you react to things what's like important and not important to you in this world and um conor mcgregor kind of like i feel like like has this idea or something right 
like he would say that he would um he would drive his like Honda beat up car and pretend like he's in like in another car he's already living the life he wants to live you know and kind of that whole mentality of like you're good the way you are but um doesn't mean you can't strive for more but be also accepting and um grateful what you already have yeah and kind of maybe that maybe that's the answer to like kind of wanting the the next thing just you already got it you know yeah happy in the now with a vision for the future yeah because otherwise you wouldn't get anything done right are you religious or spiritual at all um i'm not religious i don't think i have one religion that i follow um but i i I do like I, i do like um certain studies I, I like I meditate like I, I try to meditate every day I used to meditate every fucking day but um kind of fell back a little bit but yeah it goes on and off for me too yeah yeah but um I, I like I like Buddhism sometimes you know that some ideas I, I've, I've I closely connect connect to and I um I kind of take from a lot of different aspects and kind of make my own thing that I'm just like comfortable with you know yeah have you ever read the Tao Te Ching hmm the Tao Te Ching, have you ever read it? No, what All is right. it? I have a, uh, well, it's Taoist philosophy. Um, I've read this book probably like 20 times already. Dang. It's, it's, it's small. Um, it's manageable. And uh, wherever I am in life, it always speaks to it. What? And I've had a couple of people on the podcast also recommend that book. It, it's really magical in that it, it's like written in such a way that wherever you are, there's a there's like 81 verses, you know, just little paragraphs, uh-huh. and each one of them will speak to your situation, and it always changes, and you're always finding new meanings. Hmm. I'm gonna give you this copy when we're done recording, okay? And yes. you can let me know what you think. Okay, you can let me know what you think. I'm excited for that. Um, Sounds exciting. Do you have any favorite books? Uh, hmm. Well, the one that I'm reading right now is kind of interesting. I don't know about favorites because it's so hard to pick, you know? Yeah. I don't think I, I, I have like a close one that I completely. But um, *Tropic of Cancer* by Henry Miller is very beautiful and very erotic and graphic. But it's <laughs> it's very it's composed very well. Like um, the language he uses is is beautiful. Uh, but I don't I don't know what other books have. I've read *The Bluest Eye* this summer. That was very very crazy too to me. It was very very um, just hard-hitting you know yeah just racially it opened my eyes to a lot of things um it was beautiful it's by tony morrison um what else yeah that's the two books that i that i remember that was yeah it's good do you have any asks for the audience and what i mean by that is um in your work is Mm -hmm. there anything you're lacking that someone might hear listening to this and uh, be able to provide for you or help with? Like um, maybe anything with the film or, or anything at all? Any, anything you can ask of, of people? Oh, oof. Interesting. Uh, let me think about that. Okay. That's perfect because the wind is blowing, which is probably very disruptive <laughs> to the recording right now. Okay. So you all enjoy the wind, Marad is thinking. Great. Hmm. Well, maybe. 
How about this? Um, I ask whoever wants to um, to either email or DM me and just introduce themselves to the convo. Yeah. Know? Start the convo with the boy. Yeah. I want to. I want to hear. I want to hear your interests. I want to hear. Um, what stuff you guys like? What's the one thing, one thing that makes you alive? I'm very interested in that. I'm you want very... passion? Yes. Okay, and uh, that's the perfect transition. Uh, how can people get a hold of you to find your work and to uh, to tell you what makes them feel alive? Mm. You guys, <laughs> I love saying my username so much. You guys, you guys can um, find me on social media. On I use Twitter and Instagram only, actually, um, but. Yeah, at Murad's a bitch. It's um, M U R A D S A B I T C H. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Perfect. All right, Murad, thank you for the time. So good talking to you. Um, and I really admire your work. I do follow you on social mm. media. For all of our thoughts on social media, I am benefiting from from seeing your work on there. Looking forward to the film, of course. Uh, and for everyone listening, you can find. The links we've mentioned in the show notes to the episode. Uh, Until next time, thanks for sticking around. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please visit chancebychance.com. There, you can find more episodes, videos, and information about me, Chance Gilliam, as well as the sign-up to my email newsletter and links to my social media profiles. You can visit chancebychance.com forward slash support to contribute to the show in various fashions, Please know that your support is greatly appreciated, and you make this show possible. Thank you for listening.